Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, uh, good morning again, friends. It's great to see you. Uh, I want to start this morning. I'm going to share a few stories with you today just to get us started and thinking about uh, the theme for today. And I brought, I brought a few little uh, visual aids. Some of y'all are wondering about this little coat rack sitting over here with these different articles of clothing on it. And uh, there is a purpose for all of them. Is it, you can see it there in the camera. Okay, good. Um, so these are going to help me tell some stories today. And, and some of these stories, actually, uh, you may have heard before. These are some stories that I'm pretty sure at least a couple of them I've told before. Um, but I want you to know, I don't want to be that preacher that tells the same stories over and over again. There's, there's a reason for telling these. I've never told these stories together. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is all the different stories that I want to share with you today are kind of to, to introduce our theme today. So they all kind of have the same theme, and they, that may not be... Uh, readily apparent to you while I'm telling them, but they're all going to come together at the end. Do you trust me? Are you with me? Okay, good. So um, I promise I'll tell you how, how they all relate at the end, um, and I'll tell you how all the visuals relate as well. The first story I want to tell you is, I'm pretty sure I've told this one before. You, you've heard me talk about uh, the summer that I worked for a youth mission organization called YouthWorks, right? And so they sent me and three college students up to Niagara Falls, New York, uh, to spend the summer in this church, downtown Niagara Falls, and we did um, ministry downtown. And um, so, so one night, I woke up, and I was told that there was someone in the church, like someone had broken in the church, and they were there in the church. And so, um, I'm not going to go into all the detail that I have before, but basically what you need to know is uh, instead of calling the police, instead of, you know, waiting and getting more information, I just sort of jumped up and sprung into action, and I went downstairs to face whatever unknown battle that I was getting ready to have uh, with uh, what, what all that I had. My only weapon was I had like this little pocket knife. It was kind of like a multi-tool, and it was about this size. And so I just opened this up, and I just ran downstairs just to find out, you know, just to face whatever was down there, right? And, and thankfully, uh, by the time I'd gotten down there, someone else had already, someone smarter than me, had called the police, and the police were there. And so they came in with, you know, their, everything they had. And so um, thankfully, I was able to, to walk. And, and by then, that person, uh, we, we never found them. They had already left. Um, but I walked around behind the policeman with my little multi-tool, you know, ready for, for whatever was about to take place. So that's my first story. Uh, the second story that I want to share with you was uh, there was a time that I was invited to, to lead worship and to speak at a retreat for one of my good friends that I went to school with. And he was a youth pastor in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so the camp that we went to, we went to that I was going to speak at uh, was about an hour north of of Minneapolis, and uh, it was in the winter. And so uh, when I flew from Nashville to Minneapolis, I got off the plane, and it was like negative, I don't know how much, more than I had ever experienced before. But I had brought my coat with me. Yeah, I got my coat here. I'm going to put my coat on just to give you a little visual of it. This was the actual coat, I think, that I had on. And um, so I showed up, and I was just standing outside waiting for my friend to pick me up, and I had my bag in one hand and I had my guitar in the other hand because I was also going to lead worship. I was going to speak and also 
sing. And so I had my guitar in my bag, and I was standing there, and I looked over, and there was a gentleman standing next to me, and he was kind of looking at me, and I was looking at him. And he looked over at, at, at my guitar, and he said something. And, and I had no idea what he was saying, so I kind of just looked at him real funny, and, and, and he said it again, and I still didn't get it, and, I, and I, so he said it a third time, and what I realized was, uh, you know, people from Minnesota and people from Tennessee, we, we speak the same language, we just speak it a little differently, right? And so, uh, so what I discovered that, that he was saying was, what kind of guitar are you toting? And so I said, oh, what kind of guitar? I said, it's a Martin DCE. I got it a long time ago. I'm a worship leader. I'm here for a camp. And I could tell as I was speaking, he was giving me that same look that I was giving him. Like, what is this guy saying? And so finally he says, you must be from the South. <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. I'm here to lead a worship, uh, lead worship with one of my friends at a camp. And, uh, and he said, where's your coat? And I said, well, this is my coat. And he said, that's not a coat. That's a jacket. And so I learned that my coat was actually uh, a jacket that day. And uh, so, so there's plenty more stories like that, and they all kind of have, have the same theme. And I'll go real quickly through the other ones. There's, there, when I first started doing, doing woodwork and working out in my garage with the table saw, what I realized was if I didn't have these goggles on, then I can't even see my notes with these on. I'm going to have to push them up here. There we go. If I didn't have these goggles on, then I, was, I got sawdust in my eyes, in my nose, in my hair all over the place, right? Uh, also, there was this time that I decided that I was going to play basketball when I was a youth pastor. Uh, we played in this three-on-three basketball league, and I decided I would, I, it would be okay for me to wear flip-flops as I played basketball. And what I discovered was if you play basketball in flip-flops, you get blisters the size of basketballs in between your toes, um, there was another time where I tried to cut, you know, where I tried to cut the grass without my my fishing hat on, and uh, what I did, I got so sunburned that I could not uh, go outside for about a week. Right, so so probably you're, you probably got a few questions at this point, right? Why why would Trey subject himself to looking like this? Uh, but also, what do all these stories have in common? Well, here's what here's what they all have in common. I'm gonna go on and take these off again so that you can take me seriously or maybe a little more seriously. <laughs> what they all have in common is our scripture lesson today. These were all times in my life where I thought I was prepared, but what I discovered was that I was very dramatically, drastically, emphatically underprepared. I was underprepared for the task at hand and I paid the price, or I was, I was saved by someone else. And the reason why I think that'll preach today is because I think that's exactly the situation we find ourselves in sometimes when, when we try to do things in our own strength, in our own power, instead of relying on God's strength and God's power. Can I get an amen on that? That's exactly what I think we can learn from our, our scripture lesson today about Jesus in the wilderness. And I think that's what we learn from the gospel. The gospel, if it teaches us anything, it's that God has done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, right? Uh, there comes a point in our life where we all have to recognize that as prepared as we thought we were, we were unprepared, that we don't have what it takes to live the kind of life that we want to live, the kind of life that 
that, that honors God in the way that God wants us to live, and, and, and that, but that God has already made a way for us through Jesus. Uh, God, he, he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God, right? That's, that's the good news of God's grace. And that's kind of the lesson that I want us to lean into a little bit today as we continue. We're almost done with this series called Life in the Wild. Uh, and, and again, it's based on the book Jesus in the Wild by Dan Wilt. And it's all about um, Jesus in the wilderness, the lessons that were learned, the lessons that we can learn from his time there in the wilderness being led by the Spirit. He was, he was tempted by Satan. His faith was tested before he went out into the world to begin his public ministry. And the lessons that we learn, I think, are true for us as we go through the wildernesses of life, where, where we come face to face with who we are and whose we are and why we're here, where we learn to embrace our identity and our, our belovedness and our, our purpose. So we've been reading this passage every week, and, and my hope and my prayer and what I've heard from lots of you as you've uh, responded to me during the week is that even though we've looked at the same passage every week, God is continuing to teach us new things, and we have getting new insights and new truths through this passage. And that's the beautiful thing about uh, God's Word being alive and active, right? Um, it's not that God's Word changes, but, but we do, right? And so God speaks to us right where we are. And so I hope that God will do that again today for you as we read this God's word for us today. This is Luke chapter four, verses one through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will, lift up, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Now we've been stopping at verse 13. I want to read verse 14 for you today uh, because I think there's something important for us there. Verse 14 says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Now I'm going to go back and read verse 1 for you again. Verse 1 says, Jesus, full of the Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then verse 14 says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news spread about him through the whole countryside. Now, I wanted to share that with you because I think that's important. In, in inductive Bible study, the method that they teach us uh, in, in seminary and in preacher school uh, to, to extract meaning from passages of Scripture, um, they call this an inclusio. 
And, and what an inclusio is, basically means is the story finishes how it started, right? It started one way, it ended one way, and then there's this thread that goes all the way through it. Do you see the inclusio in the story? Jesus was full of the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. And then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. See, an important truth from this passage and, and many passages in Scripture teach us that the only way for us to be able to walk through the wildernesses of life, to be able to walk through this world um, and face the battles that we face every day is not in our own strength, not in our own power, but in the power of the Spirit, that we need to be filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and, and returning back into the world in the power of the Spirit as we go out to do what God has called us to do and to be who God has created us to be. Does that make sense? That's the point that I think I really want us to get uh, from our reading today. Um, and once again, Jesus gives us this great example. His power, even his power, right? Even though Jesus is fully God, Jesus is also fully human. And as a human being, he emptied himself and became like us in every way except, except with sin, because of sin. And he was able to do that through the power of the Spirit and through the Word of God. The, his power came from the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and so nothing that the world or the devil threw at Jesus stuck to him, right? What we learn here in the story is that every time the devil would throw something at Jesus, it would bounce right off of him and back to the enemy in the form of a faith statement about God's faithfulness, right? Um, what we learn is that it was actually the devil that found out how dramatically unprepared he was to do battle with Jesus because Jesus had the strength and power of God. And that's where he drew his strength. To see the, and see, the lessons that we learn from the wilderness that prepared Jesus for life in the world have a lot to teach us about how we can be prepared, not just in the wildernesses of life, but as we go to live out our faith in the world. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And, and it's not just that story, right? There's, there's places over and over again in the scriptures that remind us of this powerful truth. And, and one of my favorite ones, and another reason why I wanted to give you this little display today, is because one of the most powerful pictures of this that I think we have in the Bible is what the Apostle Paul shares with the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 18. You know that one, right? where it says to put on the full armor of God. Let me read it for you. Listen to how it begins. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all of the Lord's people. See, it's, it says, be strong, but, but not in our own strength, in our own power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's God's strength. It's God's power. But, but we, have, we have a role to play too, right? And what's our role? To put on the armor of God, right? I think it's interesting. Um, Paul is drawing from how the Roman soldiers would put on their armor before they would go into battle. And they put on the belt first. And, and everything was sort of connected to that. That's how they connected the other pieces of the armor. I think that's interesting that, that it's the belt right in the center, right? That everything's connected to, to the truth, right? That we need to be connected to the truth, that, that God's word needs to be here at the very center of who we are. Think for just a minute about some other ways, some other things that, that we draw strength from or we put our strength in that, that we think will prepare us for, for everything, every situation and season of life, right? We, we work out to feel physically strong, right? We, we read books and articles to feel mentally strong and prepared, and those are all really good things, right? We... But there are some also some not good things, right? Sometimes we compete and we, we uh, compare and we condemn to make us maybe feel strong in other ways. We, we think, we believe the lie that if we, we work harder or we try harder or we do more or we do better than the person next to us, if we, if we make a certain amount of money, if we acquire a certain amount of stuff, then we'll have the strength, we'll have the security that we long for to make it through whatever situation or circumstance that we encounter in life. And then life throws us a curveball. Something that we never saw coming. And all the, those sources of strength are stripped away. And we wonder if we have what it takes to make it through. We wonder if we have the strength to take another step as we walk through this wilderness in our lives. Anybody relate to that? Have you ever been in that place? You gotten to that point? I, I think it's at that point that, that the gospel becomes real, that this story uh, from our scriptures becomes real for us, that we realize that that maybe we don't have what it takes, but God is willing to give us everything that we need. As we trust him, we put our trust in him and we entrust to him everything. God gives us more than we could ever imagine. But that's the truth that we find in God's word. That's the truth that God's spirit in us reminds us of, even when everything around us is telling us something else. And so we have to 
have, we have to call upon those divine resources in order to be able to stand when everything around us is shaky, amen? There's a great quote from the book, uh, this book, that talks about this. Dan Wilt, the author, says, there's no way around it. The Christian who doesn't hide the written word of God in his or her heart has put down the sword of the spirit in order to pick up a pocket knife for heavy battle. There's no surviving the battle raging in our hearts without the sword of the spirit and the rest of the armor of God protecting us along the way. See, the point is that trying to navigate through this wilderness alone, trying to navigate these difficult situations and circumstances in life alone, trying to make make it through the world and make sense of the world around us, the chaos, the confusion, the conflict alone in our own power, in our own strength is, is kind of like trying to walk into a fight with an unknown enemy with a, a pocket knife. It's like, it's like trying to make it in Minneapolis in the winter without a, without a coat. It's like trying to swim through sawdust without goggles. It's like trying to navigate the heat of day without a hat. It's like, I could go on and on, right? But you get the point. I've probably given you enough illustrations for this morning. The point is this, Jesus walked through the wilderness and back into the world in the strength and power of the Spirit. He was standing on the Word of God and he was able to stand firm even in the face of of all the things that the world and the devil tried to throw at him. He was filled with the power of God's spirit. He was overflowing with the truth of God's word. And so he was prepared not only in the wilderness, but in the world. And he has given us everything we need to do the same. Sometimes it may not look like it. Sometimes it may not feel like it. But he has given us everything that we need to face the battles that we face every day, but we have to put it on every single day. We have to remind ourselves every day that God's mercy is new every morning, right? We have to be reminded in the midst of the lies that, that the enemy and the world try to tell us about who we are and whose we are and why we're here. That's why we have to pray and we have to seek God's word because we have to be reminded of the truth. And the truth is this. Over and over again, the Bible says things like this. I've, I've put some of these in your daily readings for you to look at this week and I hope you will. 1 John 4, 4 says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, all those things. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Isn't that a beautiful promise? The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Not convinced yet? Let me, let me read some more. Isaiah 49, 17, no weapon formed against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, Almighty. And last but certainly not least, this one's my, my favorite. Jesus speaking to the Apostle Paul in the midst of his battles that he was facing. 
He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Philippians 4.13 that Paul wrote also, right? Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It wasn't Paul flexing his muscles and saying, you know, I can do all these things. He's saying, I can, I, can, I can make it through. I can stand firm. I can walk through any of these things that I have to endure because it's not my strength. It's the strength of Christ that's in me, enabling me to walk through these things. Again, I could keep going, but I'm not going to. I think you get the point, right? Over and over again, the Bible says, be strong, but it doesn't mean try harder. It means trust more. It means be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And when our trust fails, when our hearts and minds falter, God's grace is still there to fill in the gaps, to to remind us, to pick us back up and say, you know what, you can take that next step because I'm with you and I'm for you. I'm gonna give you everything you need. That's the promise. And that's the point of our lesson today. And I hope you understand that. But the point is not that you understand it. The point is that you receive it. The point is that you apply it to your life. So I wonder this morning if you would think about maybe a place where you're trying to walk through something. Or you're trying to work through something. Or you're trying to wade through something or or you're waiting for something, but you're trying to do it in your own strength, in your own power, in your own patience, in your own resolve. You're trying to work harder or try harder or you're comparing and competing and condemning and it just isn't working and you're wondering what to do next. I wonder if this might be a a wilderness type place where God might be calling you to put on the armor of God to ask God to fill you with his spirit, to to fix your eyes on the truth of his word, to fit your feet with the gospel of peace so that you might follow Christ and, and, and serve others in his name. I wonder if the truth might give you hope and peace this morning that might set you free to follow Christ more closely in the days and weeks ahead to face those battles that we all face in different ways every single day. So here's what I wanna do. If you'll, if you'll do this with me this morning, I wanna invite you to stand up as you're able and as you're willing. And I wanna lead you in a prayer this morning. This is a prayer about putting on the armor of God, And I want to invite you, I want to pray this over you today, but I want to invite you to pray this every day this week. I put it in your sermon notes so that you can take it with you. But just like we get up in the morning, we wouldn't go out, out of the house without putting on our clothes, right, hopefully. I want to encourage you, challenge you, invite you to not leave the house this week 
until you've prayed this prayer or some version of it and you've put on the armor of God. And so as you're willing today, just maybe you wanna do this as well as I'm praying this prayer. You can close your eyes and, and as I'm praying this prayer, as we, as we go to every part of this armor, maybe you want to in your mind or maybe you wanna physically just put your hands wherever the prayer is focusing as, as a way of physically, symbolically putting on the armor of God today. So let me pray for you and then we'll sing another song. Lord, on this day and all the days ahead, I put on the armor of God. Help me to fasten the belt of truth around my waist that your word might be planted deep in the core of who I am. Protect me with the breastplate of righteousness, not my righteousness, but yours, that I might not allow sin or shame to separate my heart from your love for me in Christ Jesus. Fit my feet with the gospel of peace that I might follow you to the people and to the places that need to hear the good news through my words and my actions. Help me to take up the shield of faith today that the flaming arrows of distraction, division, and discouragement might not reach me or those under my care. Cover my head with salvation that my thoughts might be filled with your grace and keep the sword of the spirit, your word, close at hand in my heart and mind that what has been planted there might bear fruit in my life. I pray all this in the powerful name of the Lord of the wilderness, the Lord of this world, the Lord of heaven and earth, our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, it's in his name that I pray, amen, amen, thank you. We're gonna sing one more song and then we're gonna be done as we sing. The altars are open today. If you would like to come and pray some more, you're invited to do that. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I would be honored to do that this morning. If you have questions or are feeling a need to take a step of faith, make a decision in relationship with Christ or a relationship with the church, I would love to to pray with you and speak to you about that today. Whatever it looks like, just for the next few minutes, just allow God to continue to speak to your heart and respond as you feel led. Let's sing together.